So this morning I have the pleasure of introducing Pastor William Kashima. And um, a few things about uh, Pastor William is that he is the lead pastor at Oasis Community Church. And so when I heard that name, I was like, man, it seems so familiar. It's, uh, it's, it's, over, it's here in Winter Garden. Um, for those are, that are familiar with the area, it's right off of Tilden Road. So if you're coming in from Colonial on that back road to get to church, um, you're going to pass by his church. And so um, with that in mind, he's been there for four and a half years as a lead pastor. Uh, he has a wife named Shiloh. Um, and two children, a daughter, uh, I'm going to try to pronounce this correctly, uh, Siembe, and uh, Seembe, and, uh, and his son's name is Tesu. Did I do okay? Excellent, excellent. And uh, he, has a, he has a heart for missions. He's a, he's a native of Nigeria. Um, he's also been a missionary for seven years um, and preached in places like Mozambique, India, Nigeria, Ghana, um, Swaziland, South Africa, and of course, here in the U.S. So uh, would you please welcome Pastor William. Good morning. Uh, it's one of the things that I love, um, even at Oasis, I love being in the front because that surprise when you get up and the, the whole place is packed, like you don't know what is happening behind you. Uh, uh, it happens at my church at Oasis too, you know, just in the front worshiping. We start our service like you have probably five people in, and uh, and then in the middle of the service, 15 minutes later, you turn around, you go, oh my goodness, where did they come from? Yeah, so I love that. Um, really, I love the community here. I love what uh, Pastor DL is doing with his uh, pastoral team and leadership team. Um, I love that guy, his, his heart and his passion for Jesus and the city, and um, so... I'm just a privilege to be here and really to honor you guys for releasing him to take time and rest and, and refresh. Um, thank you guys so much for uh, doing that for his family. I think it's just an incredible thing to do, to honor him uh, with that. So thank you guys. And uh, I'm really happy to be here and uh, to see what God would do uh, in the next few minutes. Amen? So let's pray and then I will... Uh, dive into the message today. Father, we are just overwhelmed by your love. Just every song that was sung this morning was just a reflection of your character and your nature. And that just brings us to our knees. Just, just humble us that the creator of the universe is willing to engage with us on every day at every level. What a privilege that we can call you our father, our friend, and our Lord. As we dive into the scripture today, Father, I just want to pray that you allow your word to inform our everyday reality the way we communicate, the way we build relationships, the way we go about with our business, everything that we do, let it be a reflection of who you are as you reveal yourself in the scripture for us. I invite you to lead me this morning. I just want to get out of the way. Every thought that is not from you, every word that is not from you, that you will silence it 
and you take absolute control because you're good at doing that. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, um, okay. Okay. Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. I will read verse 6. And seven. Are you there? Are you there? Amen? Okay. Um, Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7. Paul wrote to the church in Philippi and asked today, he said, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guide your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Last year, I was traveling to Port St. Lucie, Miami area. I had a meeting to, to go to, so I left my house uh, in the morning, and you, you know that feeling that when you, when you leave your home, you go, okay, I, I, I forgot something, but you don't know what. And uh, so that, that feeling, I, I know that I am missing something, but I don't just know what. So I got into my car, and I started driving. It's about one hour away from home. It was done on me. I didn't have my wallet. Now, guys, if you're like me, and I know ladies too, we put our driver's license, our debit cards, and everything in our wallet. Right? That is why when, when you lose your wallet, you go crazy because you, literally it's like you lost everything. Not, not everything, but we get so attached to it. So I'm like, where is my wallet? So I remember I left my wallet, and I was like one hour away from home. So I pulled over, started thinking what to do. To drive back home would be one hour, and then start driving. So I would be like three hours late. That was not an option. So I decided, you know what, let me just keep going. I started driving, and I, I, I told myself, Make sure you keep the speed limit, 70 or 65. Don't go above because if you get pulled over by the, you know, you're in trouble. So I make sure I was driving 65. Now, it's very interesting because today I was going to share that story, and I drove here, and I forgot my wallet this morning. Okay, so um, don't pull me over. If we have any police officer here this morning, uh, I shouldn't have said that. Uh, all right, so, so I, I, I decided, okay, I'm just going to drive. So I started driving. As I approached Port St. Lucie, before I got to my meeting, a thought came to my mind that said, can you stop at Starbucks and get coffee? 
Now, immediately I'm going, that is crazy. Like, am I going crazy right now? Because I don't have my wallet. I don't have money. I don't have anything. So why is my mind telling me to go to Starbucks for coffee? Started driving, and the thought came back again. Go to Starbucks and get coffee. So I was like, you know what? Let me just follow this crazy thought, and let's see where it leads. So I stopped at Starbucks, searched my car, and I got some quarters. I didn't even count. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to the Starbucks. I will just walk in, and I will tell whoever is there, I need a cup of coffee, and here's all I have. I will dump it in their hands and say, count it. If it's enough, good. If it's over, keep it. If it's not enough, um, I don't know what will happen next. So as I walked in, there was a line, long queue. So I stepped in, and the lady in front, or two ladies in front of me, the lady right in front of me left. And I moved forward, and the other lady turned to me and said, good morning, what are you going to get? I said, I'm going to get coffee. She said, okay. A few seconds, she turned again and she said, what are you going to get? I said, I'm going to get coffee. <laughs> what, what part of coffee you don't, don't you understand? So, I, like a few seconds later, she turned to me and she said, what are you going to get? At this time, I'm going, this woman is really bothering me. She's like, I don't want to tell her my story, but she's like asking. So, I told her the third time, I said, I am going to get coffee coffee. So we went to the front and she said, she ordered her coffee and she said, and I want to pay for that gentleman. I want to pay for his coffee. I'm like, what? She going to pay? And she asked me, what are you going to get? I said, oh, I am going to get chai tea latte <laughs> with a shot of espresso. And she said, and what else? And I said, with a blueberry scone. <laughs> you know, and she said, oh yeah, just get that. And she paid. Now, all the time I was driving, and I stepped into that coffee shop, I was anxious. I was worried about what I'm going to say. I'm worried about whether I don't have enough money. I'm worried about whether I'm going crazy. I was just so anxious. But I had no idea that God already set up something. There's so many times we're worried and we're anxious about things that we have no control about. And God is ahead of us and making a way for us that we don't understand. So I turned to the lady and I told her the story. And I said to her, look, this is what happened. I just, something just told me to come to this place and get coffee. And I didn't have money when you were asking me. I thought you were bothering me. Uh, but obviously... God was speaking to you, so I learned a lesson today, right? So I got back into my car, and I called my wife immediately, and I said to her, look, something crazy just happened. She said, what? So I told her the story, and she started laughing. I'm like, this is a big deal. Like, God just showed up and bought coffee, like chai tea latte for me through a stranger. And, and, you know, you're supposed to celebrate with me. You know, we celebrate things like when God heals somebody and, you know, we, we celebrate things like that. But when, it's, when it comes to chai tea latte, we go, oh, it's just chai, chai tea latte is a big thing for me. 
So she was not celebrating, so she was laughing. And then, I, and then she stopped laughing, and she said, she said, you didn't forget your wallet. I said, I, I did. I don't have it. She said, no, last night when you drove home from work, you left your wallet on the driver's seat. And when I got home, I saw it, so I took it, and I didn't bring it inside, which was strange that she saw my wallet. She took it. She didn't bring it inside. She put it under the driver's seat. So all this time I was anxious and worried about what the cops would do to me when they stop me. I won't get lunch because I don't have my debit card. I won't get Starbucks because I don't have my debit. All of this worry and anxiety, I was sitting right on my wallet in the car. And I had no idea. And God set all of that up just to bless me through a stranger. You see, Paul said, do not be anxious. Do not be anxious about anything. To which many of us, we go, how possible is that? How can you live in this world and not be anxious? (laughs) Is that even possible? Like, think about all that is going on right now in your world. Like when I mean your world, I'm not talking about the entire universe. I'm talking about your world, and your world right now could be your children, right? Your world right now could be your financial crisis. Your world right now could be your job. Your world right now could be whatever pain or sicknesses that you're going through. Your world right now could be whatever is right now in your mind. Think about all that is going on, and Paul is writing to us, and he's saying, do not be anxious about anything. That includes the very thing that is right now in your mind that you're worried about. Recently, let me tell you what I'm anxious about. And some of you will go, this guy shouldn't be doing his job. He's not qualified to be a pastor. If if you're anxious about that, my daughter, she is three and a half. And the past few weeks, she came up with something that in the middle of the night, she would leave her room and she would come to our room, my wife and myself, and she wants to sleep in our bed. And when she comes, she don't just jump into the bed. She would tap either myself or my wife. She would go, Daddy, Daddy, I'm here, Daddy. And I go, okay, if you want to sleep in the bed, just come quiet and just get in the bed and sleep. Why do you have to wake me up? Every single night, I'm anxious because I'm not going to have a good night's sleep. This little girl is coming in, and she's going to hit me on the forehead, and she's going to go, Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. I'm just anxious about that. I'm worried. I'm serious. Like, before night at 6 o'clock, I start getting anxious. So yesterday we decided, you know what, we are going to change the game. So we went to Ikea to get, get her a bed. And we said, look, this is the deal. We'll get you a nice bed, good bed cover with frozen on it. If you promise you're going to sleep all night. She said, yes, yeah, she was going to. So the magic worked. She slept all night. She didn't come to our room. You know, but I'm anxious about that. You know, we get anxious about every single thing. And Paul said, do not be anxious about anything. In Matthew 6, Jesus was telling a story. It's a parable. Um, 
uh, Jesus, the, the disciples and the crowds were there, and Jesus was teaching. And here's what Jesus said in Matthew 6, 27. He said, can any of you, that is us, right? Can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Can we add anything to our life? On the contrary, worry takes away from our lives. It takes away the joy, the excitement of the moment. Uh, do you know that? Many times the things that we worry about don't really happen. So Jesus said, why do you worry if it's not going to add anything? The parable of the sower, right, in Matthew 13. The parable of the sower, Matthew 13. Jesus was, was speaking to the crowds again, and he said a parable about a, a, a guy, a man who went out to sow seeds. And this guy went on and was scattering his seeds and, and throwing them and scattering them, and, and some fell on the path, along the path. And he said, birds came and everything. And he says some of the seeds fell on rocky ground and because the soil was shallow the roots didn't go deep down and when the sun came out you know, the, the plants were scorched and they died. And he says some of the, 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 the seeds fell among the thorns and the thorns grew up and choked the plants. And he says some of the Seeds fell among on good soil that produced a crop a hundred sixty and thirty times what was sown. And the disciples came to Jesus and said, Why do you even speak in parable? Like who we don't get it. And Jesus said, Let me explain to you what is going on. And Jesus said in Matthew 13, verse 22, he said, The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word. Someone who hears the word. But the worries of this life, this person hears the word, hears the promises of God, know exactly what God said about him or what God said about her, knows exactly what God said or the promises of God about their future, their family, their career. They have a clear understanding of what God's word said about their lives. But, Jesus said, the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke. Over sown. You see, Jesus is saying there are things that He places in our lives that are meant to bear fruits, that are meant to flourish. But what worries does, it comes into our lives and begins to choke. Those things that are supposed to be yielding fruits, are supposed to be producing fruits, that are supposed to be flourishing, worries come and begin to choke 
those things. And we become fruitless. So Jesus said, the whole idea of worrying and being anxious doesn't add anything to us at all. But that doesn't answer the question, right? Paul said, do not be anxious. So what are we supposed to do if we live in this world right now? What are we supposed to do? Because we have a lot of things to be worried about. If I just give you a piece of paper, I think it will take you 30 seconds. You will come up with probably 10 things that you should be anxious about and worried about, right? So what do you do with all these things? Paul said, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation. That includes your situation right now, my situation. By prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. So, it's simple. It's when anything comes to mind that you're anxious about, like my daughter, right? I should be going to God at 6, I mean 5.30 and go. Jesus, please touch this little girl so that she don't come to my room. Like, please, please, please. We have to you know, present your request to God. Present. Present your request to God. Instead of being anxious, instead of worrying, present your request to God. When you're worried, when you're anxious, you are to present those things to God. Peter wrote in 1 Peter 5, 7, he said, cast all your worries. Cast all your anxiety to him, Jesus. And here's why Peter said we have to cast all to him, not some. That we have to cast all our worries, all our anxiety, all the things that we are so concerned about. Peter said we have to cast all of them to Jesus. And he said the reason we have to do that is because, this is so key, because he cares. Isn't that crazy that right now the creator of the universe, God, cares about each and every one of us seated right here. That God sees you as a person and he cares about the things that you're worried about. That is amazing. That is amazing. That he sees you. That he knows your struggle. That he knows and he hears your cry. My son is eight months old. And I'm telling you, it doesn't matter how many kids are in the nursery. When I hear him cry, I know my son is crying. 
and I drop everything. <laughs> like nothing. No, I don't hear him cry when I'm preaching. But when I'm talking to people after church and I hear him, I put that conversation on hold. And I reach to grab my son. Do you know why I do that? Because I, I care for him. Do you know that heaven cares for you? And God shifts things on this earth for your favor. Because he cares about your needs and your struggle and our pain. So Peter said, cast all onto Jesus because he cares for you. He cares about your future. He cares about your family and your relationship. He cares about your education. He cares about your job. He cares about every single detail of your life. So present it to him. And you see, when we read the word of God and we hear the word of God and we apply the word of God, like right now, when you hear this and, and you think about the things that you're worried about and you say, look, I'm just going to cast it on to Jesus, do you know what you're doing? You're doing three things. Number one, when you believe truly that Jesus cares for you and you begin to present the things that you're worried and you're anxious about unto him, what you're doing is you're acknowledging his power. You're acknowledging that you are human and you have limited power and that things that can truly be beyond your control that you cannot fix. But you acknowledge that he is all powerful, that he has power over everything and there's nothing impossible with him. So you say, God, I'm coming to you because I am human. I don't have power. Sometimes I come to the end of my serve and I have to turn things over to you and watch you do what you do best. Amen? So we say, God, you're powerful. When we present or cast our worries unto him. Now, when we don't do that, we're saying the opposite. When we don't cast or present our anxiety or our worries to God, we're saying we are powerful enough to deal with it, and he is not powerful enough to take care of it. So we depend on our own power. And here's what happened. A hundred times, hundred percent of the times that I tried to do that, I failed. Anytime I refused to hand it over to God and said, I want to do it myself, I failed. Because I don't have the power, but he does. So when you present it to God, we acknowledge that he is powerful. When we present our worries, our anxiety to God, we acknowledge his presence. We say the God who promised that he will never leave us or forsake us is truly with us. 
Like in the mix of all our struggles, in the mix even when we are deep in the valley of shadow of death, that God is there with us. You see, Jesus didn't promise that we'll be that he's going to take away every trouble, every pain, everything away. He didn't promise that. What he promised to the disciples and what he promised us, that he's going to be with us. And that is just enough. That we know that the creator is with us. He's our friend. He never leaves us. But right now, He's with you. And lastly, when we present our request or cast our worries onto Him, we acknowledge His provision. That He always will provide. And here's one thing about God. That we have to be confident, confident about this. That God always, always he will provide what you need. He will provide what you need. And some of you will say, well, there's so many things that I needed and God didn't provide it for me. God God didn't come through for me. Well, you think you need it. But when God sees you, he goes, you don't need that. So if I give you that, it will be dangerous to you. Right? Because you, you, you think you need that, you don't need it. But anything you need for godliness, to flourish, to advance the kingdom, to live the full potential that God has created you to live, to remain in his will, God will provide everything that you need to stay in his will. But many times we grab so many wants. God, I want this. God, I want that. God, I want this. God, I want that. And God said, look, I'm not giving you what you want. I just want to give you what you need. And he always will provide what you need. Amen? So Paul said, well, cast it on to God. And, you know, sometimes it's like Paul actually knows exactly where the conversation was going, right? Because if you're like me, I would say to Paul, all right, if I present it to God, is God going to take care of it? (laughs) Like if I present the very thing that I'm worried and anxious about, is God just going to fix it? Paul did not take the conversation that direction. Here's what Paul said. Paul said, what we need the most, sometimes it's not actually what we're asking God for. Paul said, when you present your request, when you're anxious, you're worried, when you present it to God, here's what God promised that he would do for you. Verse 7. He said, and the peace of God. And the peace of God, which transcends 
all understanding. The peace of God that transcends my understanding. The peace of God that transcends your understanding. Your understanding of what you need. Your understanding of what you're desperate for. What your understanding of God, I need this to survive. Paul said that the peace of God that transcends that understanding because God's thoughts aren't, they are not our thoughts. God's way are not our ways. So Paul said the peace of God will transcend, that transcend all understanding, will guide your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. So many times our worries and our anxiety, truly what we need is the peace of God that will begin to transcend and guide our hearts and our minds so that our minds begin to connect with the mind of Christ. Our heart begins to connect with the heart of God so that we begin to see the very things that God wants for us. And Paul said, look, when your mind and your heart are guided by the Holy Spirit to connect with the heart and the mind of God, there, you find shalom. There, you find peace. You go, God, even if this problem is not fixed, one thing I know, I'm right in your perfect will. That gives me peace. You see, God wants your peace more than anything else. And isn't it crazy that peace is one thing that the world don't have. The one thing that the world don't have, God said, I'll provide it for you. And that is why at resurrection, Jesus said this to the disciples in John 14, just before his crucifixion. Jesus said to the disciples, John 14, he said, peace, I live with you. My peace, I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not let your hearts be afraid. Do not let your hearts be anxious because my peace, shalom, I live with you. That is what I want above all things. I want to wake up in the morning to know that the peace of God is with me. In the mix of all that is going on, when I'm having a bad day, I should know that the peace of God is with me. When I'm facing the giant, I should know that the peace of God is with me. And right now, church, that is what you have. The peace of God. So I want to invite you this morning. A few things to think about. 
What are you worried about? What, what, what are you anxious about? Your future? Your children? Your marriage? Your grandchildren? Your finances? Your career? What, what, what are you worried about? What are you anxious about? What is that thing that keeps you from sleeping at night? That you cannot just go to bed. It could be a huge thing. It could be something as small as my little girl waking me up in the morning, in the middle of the night. It doesn't matter. If you're worried about it, it's going to affect it's going to choke things in your life that should be bearing fruit. What are you anxious about? That's question number one. Question number two. Do you truly, I'm not talking about knowledge, knowing that knowledge of, of I know God cares for me. Do you truly believe deep in your heart and you're convinced in your spirit that God cares about you right now? That he deeply cares about Every situation of your life, are you deeply convinced that he cares for you? And lastly, if you truly know and you're convinced that he cares about you, are you willing to just cast it all onto him? Just bring it to the cross. Say, God, have your way. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are we are so humble. By the reality of the gospel, the good news. This is, this is such a good news. To know that you deeply care about, 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 about me. You, cares about, you care about the, everybody seated here. That you care about this church. That you care about our situations. You, 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 you just, you're, you're so caring about every single detail of our lives. That is just comforting to know. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will help us to be able to, to cast the things that we worry about onto Jesus. To, to, to present them to Him. Through prayer. And petition. Help us to rest in that. Help us to just, to just wrap ourselves around the peace that only you can give. Thank you, Jesus, for being our Father, our friend, and our Savior. We surrender and we trust that you will have your way in our lives. And I pray this in Jesus' name. All God's people said.